So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with I'm Jarrett. I'm Jarrett from your favorite band, Bowling for Soup. And we're asking them some questions today about their new album, Pop Drunk Snot Bread. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the album so far? Man, thank you very much. Uh yeah, uh, it's been great. You know, I mean, I I don't I don't think that I necessarily expected anything to be uh negative or anything like that, but it's certainly been very good uh and uh and very positive and and it's doing well streaming wise and and all that so it seems like we've done our job that's awesome the album was actually very good i i enjoyed it a lot yes (laughs) i appreciate it. it's nice when you when younger people such as yourselves enjoy a bunch of old men singing uh singing about beer and girls you know you gotta love it it. yeah (laughs) i love it right yeah Uh, is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art yeah, so title and cover art, it's funny. I um when I came up with this title, I honestly thought it was a softball. I thought everybody's gonna get this right off and they're gonna be like, why didn't I think of this? Or at least some sort of a thing like this. And um, but no one gets it right off. And then when I tell everybody, they're like, Oh, okay. But it's just a play off of well, the album is called Pop Drunk Snot Bread, mm-hmm. and it's a play off Pop Punk's Not Dead. Mm-hmm. And see, there's that aha moment that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't that just sound like anyway? And so with the pop drunk snot bread Mm -hmm. uh, on the album cover, I, I wanted us to, to sort of like do a play on the garbage bill kids. And so uh, that's, that's where it all came from. That's super sick. Wow. Yeah. That would have taken me a little bit longer to get. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And I, again, I, I sort of scratch my head, but now I'm just accepting of it. And I think that it's funny Mm -hmm. that I've had to explain it so many times because (laughs) it just goes to show you why whenever I told the band what I thought the title should be, they all looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, (laughs) And so uh, it makes way more sense that maybe they didn't get it either until uh, until after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have to convince them to use this title? Did they have any other options? They're like, no, no, let's not do that. Let's do this instead. Um, convince is not really the, I sort of just steamrolled it in, (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, there were a couple of other working titles that it would just, cause we did want to call the album, uh, oh, okay. So the, I think one of the titles that was working was, uh, stream this, stream this album, fuck face. That's about marketing in 2022. So, and, uh, and that, so that one we, we put in our back pocket, um, and uh, so, you know, maybe maybe on down the road, we'll do that one. But that was kind of the only other title that we had working with. I'm very upset okay. you guys didn't use that title. I like that one I a know, lot. I know. It yeah. is really, really good. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta use it next time. Yeah. Uh, I should just do a song called Stream This Song Fuckface, and that's the song. You, you know? guys could make a whole yeah. marketing campaign out of it. Like your your headlining tour for it could be like, buy tickets to this tour, fuckface, or something along yeah, those exactly. lines. And like, Look at this, right. yeah. <laughs> My goodness, we are we are really having a brainstorming session right we now. We are. This yeah, this is really oh, good. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? Well, this one um, is a little different in that, like, I hadn't been really writing songs, you know, prepping for doing an album. Usually it's like, okay, well, around this time, we'll, we'll probably start thinking about doing a record. So I've kind of got some songs in my back pocket, and I'm, I'm kind of gearing for it. But what happened here is quarantine hit. And um, man, it was just, everything was just canceled and, and we were apart for so long that it was like, 
what could we possibly do to hang out for a few weeks? Oh, I got an idea. If we go make an album, we like have to hang out all the time. Yeah. So we uh, we all took COVID tests. We got a tour bus. Um, really cheap, by the way, because nobody else was using them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we took it to the Poconos in Pennsylvania and we got a studio. Um, and then a mile away, we got a huge Airbnb where everybody had their own room. Wow. And uh, we just went there for two weeks and made a record. So that long winded explanation is basically like the, the, the few months between then, you know, the deciding we were going to do this and then actually doing it. I was like, Oh, I guess I got to write an album. And so um, I think that's where, why the album comes across as being some somewhat um, reflection based where there's so much like looking back and like, Oh, okay, well, you know, we've accomplished this and, and this is how I feel about our band or I wouldn't change a thing or I can't believe after all these beers and, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting old sucks, but everybody's doing it. And, and then there's a greatest of all time kind of thing. So, um, so it was a little different in that, in that there was sort of just like all of a sudden there's no songs. Well, um, Alexa bliss existed. That song actually was supposed to go on as a bonus song on our first, on our second greatest hits, which mm-hmm. isn't even out yet. Oh. But I was like, this song is already out there and it matches the style and everything that we're already doing. So let's put this on the record. So that made sense. So anyway, besides Alexa Bliss, none of these songs even existed. Um, and so um, that that's that's sort of the difference in that it was like, you know, riding up there in the tour bus. And I was like, oh, uh, you guys want to hear what we're recording at all? Or uh, <laughs> should we just wait till we get there? I don't know. But anyway, it, it worked out good. That's good. So you guys awesome. didn't like have that weird like Zoom writing shit like none of that happened? Well, I did do that, okay. um, but I did that with uh, with Linus of Hollywood, wrote several songs with me on this record, um, who I've co-written a lot of Bowling for Soup songs with him, and he co-produces most everything I do um, in and out of Bowling for Soup. Uh, Linus mm-hmm. usually is involved in it some way, whether it's mixer, co-producer, or writer, or whatever. And then one song, Wouldn't Change a Thing, um, I did over text message, actually, with uh, Zach Malloy, who produced and co-wrote my new country record. Nice. So, uh, which was also done during quarantine as well. So, so two records written and recorded during quarantine and, um, you know, which uh, that's, that's pretty much what I was doing, you mm-hmm. know? So, so, but yeah, um, you know, the, the Zoom writing thing is not something really that was born out of quarantine. We had been doing that forever, just in mm-hmm. different, on different things. We didn't use Zoom. I mean, like mm-hmm. we'd, would use Skype um, mm. or FaceTime to do it. It You just, when quarantine happened, it was easier to get other writers to agree to do it. You know, like yeah. me, and Lin- me and Linus did it all the time. And me and Zach would do it all the time. And there's a couple of other guys. But now you can get like a heavy hitter from Nashville and go, mm-hmm. hey, you want to get on a Zoom and write a song? And they'll say yes. Whereas before it'd be like, no, if you, if you want to write a song with me, come get in the room. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, um, it, it normalized it a smidge, which is cool because, you know, it's uh, it just made the world smaller as far as songwriters are concerned. Definitely. hundred percent. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And you, you know, it, it's, you just have to get used to it. The, the thing that, that, that it limits you to is you can't play the song together. One of the cool things mm-hmm. about writing a song in the room with someone is you can play through it. And then one of you singing one part and the other singing this other part, and then you harmonize on the part that you're excited about. And there's this really cool build up to it all like ah this is so good and mm-hmm. yeah don't get that because 
it's it's pretty impossible. Nobody's figured out quite yet how to to where there's n- zero delay and you can just do it. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I, again, you just sort of get used to it really quickly. You're just like, hey, do you want to play through that or do you want me to? And then one of you is just listening. So, um, but yeah, boy, I really went down that songwriting on Zoom rabbit hole for a while, didn't I? Love it, it was though. Great. It's a podcast, yeah, man. Go ahead. Exactly. Talk as much as you want. <laughs> but so, would you be able to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it? Oh my goodness gracious! Um, there is a I, not to toot my own horn, which I do often, um, <laughs> as everybody should. Yeah. Um, but there are some really, really strong lyrics on this song. But one of them was put to me by a good friend of mine the other day where he sent me the lyric and he just goes, wow. Um, but in the song, let's just do the best we can. Uh, the, there's a lyric that says all the aggravation was based on expectation that you and I could never live up to. And uh, I, that just gave me the chills and it's my lyric. I gave myself <laughs> the chills saying my own lyric to myself, but I, I just feel like that is so timely right now um and that because it's a love song and it's it's really about you know going through things and and managing to always be able to pick up the pieces and and carry on and and be there for one another but you know that lyric is so it applies to what we've all been through the last couple of years you know and you know you guys being youngsters younger I keep calling you youngsters. God, that makes me sound old. But anyway, (laughs) you're good. (laughs) A little younger, you know, you, you, it may have hit you a little bit differently, but like from someone from, you know, in in my, you know, being a suburban parent, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to be home all summer. Well, I've got to get the garage clean or I've got to get this done and I've got to, I'm going to lose weight and, you know, I'm going to do this and none of it got done. (laughs) And, and the thing is, is that none of it got done. And then all of a sudden there's just this like, Oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with me? And like, you know, I'm God, I suck at everything. And then, mm-hmm. and we all had to get out, out, out of, out of that and then realize, and then one day somebody said it to me and I go, Oh my God, that's amazing. But someone said, you know what? We're in a pandemic. All anybody has to do is survive. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. You know, like, and I was like, okay, you're right if we wake up and accomplish anything other than survival, we're winning. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that line, um, that line hits in, in a few different areas, you know, and, uh, and again, we all put ex- expectations on ourselves as far as like where our relationship's going to go and, and what age we're going to have kids and what I'm going to be doing at 29. And, you know, my daughter's 19 and she's, she's, you know, and that, I just don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, man, that's awesome. You, yeah, you don't have to know what you want to do until you're 46, and then if yeah. you still don't know what you want to do, that's cool. You know exactly. Yeah, just don't be a piece of shit mm-hmm. and be happy. That's exactly. it. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Yeah, all you have to do in life, you know, uh, and, yeah. and you know. So, um, yeah, that's my favorite lyric on the album. I like that. It's a very good lyric. Very mm-hmm. good. Uh, so how did the track list for the album come about? Did you write the opener, be the opener, closer, be a closer, shuffle around, see what fits? What was that process like? So it was just shuffling around to see what fits. I mean, when Greatest of All Time was done, I pretty much knew that that needed to be first. Everything else, it was just constant, just changing it around. I mean, usually, you know, it's I go back to like sequencing records over the last 28 years. And it's like, it used to be pretty, you, you almost had this, this mold. You'd be, okay, 
you have to start with one that's strong. You put the first single third, and then the fourth song is the ballad, and then mm-hmm. everything else oh. goes. And it's like it kind of doesn't work that way anymore with the way that we all listen to music, you know. And I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I could, if possible, make each song transition to other ones so that if somebody's streaming the record, they don't hit skip, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the funny thing about that is if you've listened to the record front to back, uh, I sent the sequence to the guys. And uh, of course, no one ever gives me a straight answer to anything. <laughs> uh, our text threads are like, it's just, I send something serious. And then there's like funny line, funny line, subject change, another subject change. And then just random stuff for like the next two days. And then I'm oh just, my God. and then I'm like, okay, so did you guys see the thing? Like the way up there? Thing, yeah, actually yeah. Needed you to answer. Exactly. And so um, I sent the sequence and Chris answered right back and he said, uh, we need to put a pee break in here uh, because, and, and so the reason he said that is because during our live show, mm-hmm. we, we have a few different ways that we break down. Uh, we'll do one where we call it, we, it's called the Bowling for Soup Comedy Jam. And during that, we each tell you a joke or we have the karaoke battle where each of us sings 45 seconds of a karaoke song. And at the end of all that, the audience votes on the winner. Now, that is all a complete just decoy so that Rob can go pee because he can't make it the whole show. Wow. So we've essentially designed places <laughs> in the show so that he can go first and then he just disappears. And then by the time we get to the end of it, when Gary's finishing whatever he's doing, Rob's back and nobody ever even notices, right? Yeah. So uh, Chris, you know, of course was being funny. And I was like, you know, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> And so I, uh, I got the Morgan Freeman sound alike off of Fiverr for 40 bucks and uh, the pee break on the album was born. I was actually going to ask like how you, how you timed where the pee break went on the track list. Cause it's, it's the, arguably the most important part of the album. It really is. And you're right. And the thing is, it's about when Rob would need to go pee. If wow. You, if you, t- if you take percentage wise, like uh-huh. percentage wise through the album versus percentage wise, through a 75 to 90 minute set mm-hmm. that's about where he would go pee nice wow yeah and he can wow. make it the rest of the show good good yeah. <laughs> oh my Most god that's it. amazing <laughs> yeah that's amazing i feel like more bands need to do that right i feel like they don't because that is thievery oh true sorry that shit. sorry i take that back Copyrights, if any band does this patents. yeah the pee break belongs to bowling pursuit Mm-hmm. And no one else. And only bowling for soup. Only So, would you be able to tell us where your headspace is at while you were creating this record? Well, I was just coming out of um, a bit of a funk because uh, the pandemic, the the quarantining, the uh, things disappearing. I mean, our year, our, we had two years worth of tour dates that just were just disappearing as quickly yeah. as they had gotten on the calendar. And I've never had a blank calendar in my life, you know, and especially since become a, mu- a musician. I mean, my life exists of like, you know, here's the amount of time that I have with my family and here's where I'm going to go to work. And then I, then after this, I need about this much time with my family. So don't schedule anything here. And, you know, that's how it works. And all of a sudden it was just like, Hey, you're locked into this thing and your crew doesn't have jobs anymore. And, you know, 
there's no telling, you know, where the next paycheck for those guys is coming from. Everything is up in the air. So it's in a pretty weird space as far as just, um, you know, I, I'm pretty open about my mental health struggles. I have severe depression and anxiety. And um, so those things reared their ugly heads um, mm-hmm. pretty severely for the first time in, in several years. And so once I, I kind of had to work through all of that first. And the way that I did it was I just started doing shows on the internet. Like I literally was doing yeah. at least a show a day. If it wasn't for myself, it was for charity or whatever. And I didn't say no to anything. I would just, Hey, we're doing a charity thing for this. Sure. I'm in. And um, so I was just coming off of, of, you know, of, of that kind of getting into that routine, um, you know, a few months in. So so my headspace was was getting better. Uh, I don't I don't know that I could have written such a positive record had it not timed out the way that it did. But but I was doing good, and you know the the main thing was that, that you know we were all safe and healthy, and you know and in in our where we needed to be and doing what we needed to do to survive. And so, uh, but you know again it it, it was uh, I can't say that it's a headspace I've ever been in before. You know to write an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, because obviously it's something that none of us have ever, ever experienced. You know, I, I tell yeah. my kids, I'm just like, you guys, it, it seems like you're just sort of living through this thing, but like, you're going to read about your kids are going to read about this as being like this time in history. Like you read about the Iraq war, you know, mm-hmm. or this or this or this, you know, like this is a time and place in history now where like, it's, it, they'll be talking about it in a hundred years. For yeah. sure, definitely. Oof. Yeah. Which is scary to think about. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I just want to say, sorry. I just want to say I'm happy that you found um basically your way back and got yourself out of that headspace by performing online. And it's also very nice where you did uh, even accept, you know, just like free live streams for like charities and stuff. Course, yeah. That makes me very happy. Um well, thank and you. I'm happy for you. That's good. Thank you very much. Why, well, you know, it's been a struggle for me um through counseling and medications and things for about 10 years. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, but I am, um, I've actually just got elected to the, to the board of directors for punk rock saves lives, oh, which nice. is very oh, deal for mental health and also yeah. for, uh, for bone marrow transplants, um, and things like that. So, uh, and I raised a bunch of money for them and a bunch of money for a local charity here called foundation 45. And then, um, you know, b- various other, other things, but, uh, so I appreciate the kind words, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, mental health wasn't necessarily something that I really wanted to get involved in. I mean, I, I just kind of got myself to where I could function. Uh, but then once I started, you know, once you start to, all of a sudden it, you become hyper aware of other people and this, and this, and this, and it's like, okay, you know, like if this many people have these issues, I need to talk about it because if I don't, I'm an asshole. Like there's a stigma behind this. So if I'm trying to keep this as a secret and compartmentalize it within myself, I'm not doing, I'm doing exactly what they're doing, you know, yeah. like we've got to yeah. get it out. And so um, anyway, thank you very much. For that. Of course. And congratulations on thank being you. elected. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends, dark with headphones on? Is it a workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? All of the above. I say, let it fly. Whatever your favorite way of listening to music is, get in there and do it. I personally like to, you know, when a new record that I'm super excited about comes out, I like to set aside 45 minutes and, and just go drive around and, you know, listen to it in the car. Cause you know, that's, that, that's the way that music has been my entire life is just, you know, 
in the car, you know, but, you know, working out and doing it with friends and all of that works, you know, I, uh, I, I just hope everybody, uh, everybody digs it. Cause it's certainly something we're really proud of. Oh yeah, for sure. And if you don't mind me asking, how did you personally listen to this record? Did you listen to it in the car? As you mentioned? I did. Yeah. I, uh, I listened to it in the car. Um, now, so it's, it's interesting the way that it is for me because I, you know, these songs are recorded and then I have to send them off and I have to listen to the mixes and then I have to listen to the masters and they're all just kind of, you know, going. So I got to actually sequence it and go around and drive around and listen to it. And then I'd make a change and then I'd wait like a day and then I'd go back and do, and then I kind of made a couple of more last minute things, but uh, once it was done and I had it all and had it, had it mastered and like, okay, here's your album. Um, I always take a drive and just go listen to it. And, uh, and it, it's, it's always, um, uh, it's always very, very special in that, you know, it's like, this started out as nothing. Like mm-hmm. literally there, it was, it was not even time and space. It was nothing, not even yeah. an idea. Yeah. And then an idea and then a song and then a song and then a guitar and a drum. And then this, 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 and all of a sudden, like, it's a tangible, listenable thing, you mm-hmm. know? Fuck yeah. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Really fucking good. Hell yeah. fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this record? Uh, my favorite memory creating this record was we um, we really lucked out. We were up there in the Poconos making this record, and for the first time ever, uh, Football, baseball, hockey, and basketball were all happening at the same time. So, like, we wow. had playoffs in in hockey, and football was starting, mm-hmm. and uh, baseball and basketball, I believe, were close to the finals, if not in the finals. And we just uh, we had a football Sunday where everybody made their favorite football dish, yeah, and drank a bunch of beer. And we just had the best day. And uh, so that was that's my favorite memory of, of making the record, because that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, my favorite thing in the world to do is sit around and shoot the shit with my friends. You know, talk. I, we, we call it talking about nothing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I love to talk about nothing with my buds. And, and that's uh, that's what we did. That's awesome. I love it's that. Very wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. You're going in. What is your snack of choice? All right. So um, I am really weird, but my favorite thing in the gas station are those, are cheap gas station sandwiches in the little triangle pack. You know, oh. like, it's like cut in half. Oh, and, no. Yeah, I know. No. Right? Yeah. No. They're so delicious. I love those things so much. But uh, if I don't get that, then uh, mm-hmm. I will usually get like Chex Mix mm-hmm. or, uh, or some sort of a almonds peanut trail mix thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love those little sh- shitty little triangle sandwiches. I'm not going to lie. I have always wanted to try those sandwiches because they do look good, but yeah. I just, I don't know if I trust them. That's yeah. the thing. You, you got to do it. They're just, they taste exactly like you think they're going to taste. Oh, yeah, maybe I like, shouldn't try them then. No, it's like, they <laughs> taste like, uh, you made a bunch of sandwiches and then mm-hmm. you went fishing and you forgot about them. Yeah. And then at like three o'clock, you're like, oh, we've got sandwiches. That's yeah. Since okay, you, I might since, have to grab one. Since you trust the gas station sandwich, you trust the gas station hot dog. 
or pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I trust all gas station food. For That's sure. fucked and up. I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily all get that. But here's the thing. When you we were in a van for nine years touring. Yeah. Van, yeah. There, we don't have the we didn't have the luxury of like, OK, this place doesn't have anything. Let's go get something else. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and when you're in that situation, it's like whatever they have that's hot. Usually you'll go ahead and just get it. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, I'm not I'm not a big like hot dog. Um pizza guy but i'll do like the um i do like the gas station hamburgers that are in the tin <laughs> foil basically mm-hmm. just the, the shittiest stuff they have that's what i eat <laughs> i like the chicken sandwich because it tastes like it from school you know from like oh, mm-hmm. like enough. the school hamburger and and uh chicken sandwich but uh but yeah i i trust all gas station food that's that's bold that is bold you know you're probably the only person that we've spoken to that has said that that I actually believe and trust because <laughs> yeah. you've you've been doing this and you've you've you know tried everything. 100%. So it's like I I I get it, you know? I respect that. I respect yeah, that. We, um we, the, the, and, and what's funny is is each guy in my band has his own thing that he likes. Like mm-hmm. Chris um Chris will get the hot dog and he, yeah. he like does pull, puts all that stuff on there that's just laying out you know yeah. it's been out for days flies are in it 100 <laughs> oh. and he just he loads that thing up and then gary and uh and rob like the like the the little taquitos on the roller oh yeah so they get those things and then i do my sandwich or my uh or my hamburger that's been in the foil for three hours nice Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Little, little gas station dinner. Um, so on the topic of food, if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be and why? Obviously, we'd be a minestrone. Okay. Uh, we're called Bowling for Soup, so you pick the best True. soup. Uh, my yes. favorite soup is uh, is a really good, uh, hearty minestrone. Okay. Good answer. Perfect. I love it. Right, so for these last couple of questions, we're going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you. Okay. Perfect. So we're actually going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if Perfect. you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? All you right. like food. So this is a tough one because do you go like, I, I know most people want to hear like steak and lobster or whatever, but I mm-hmm. think I would go like, uh, I'd probably go breakfast burrito with pancakes mm-hmm. and a route 44 diet Coke from Sonic. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's good. That sounds good. All right. Yeah, breakfast food is like top tier, so I get I it. I love breakfast burritos and breakfast sandwiches on a bagel. It's like my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, especially on a bagel. Like if, if there's an option to get like either a biscuit or a bagel, you got to go for the bagel. Always the bagel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> so if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? One fiction world for a week, where would I live? Um, gosh, that's tough one fiction world where that where would i live um you know as ridiculous as it sounds i i I think it'd be cool to go to hogwarts for a day you know like i had never seen any of the harry potters and uh, two summers the first summer of 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 uh covid when we were locked up it's basically it's like by three o'clock if we hadn't heard from friends that have a pool we were Mm -hmm. locked into our house right (laughs) i built the pool since then but um, for that exact reasons, like I'm tired of waiting on everybody else's pool. Um, yeah. and so, uh, but me and my kid watched all the Harry Potters. Uh, 
Oh. And uh, so that would be, a cool. I think just for the observation thing, like, I, I don't think that I would want to like go there and get adventures and shit, mm-hmm. oh, but okay. just, go, but going there to just like see all this stuff walking around and like, you know, watching a game of that deal where they fly around, you know, I don't know. Quidditch. Yeah. Also, honestly, also, that's just the first one that popped in my head. So fair uh, enough. I appreciate right. you being honest. Yeah. yeah. Always. <laughs> Do you know what house you'd be in? Uh, I would for sure be in uh, Snape, for sure. Slytherin. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah I'd good. be with the uh, with the with the bad guys for sure. But but I you know at the at the end of the day we're all good guys. Mm-hmm. It just has to kind of come around. But I think exactly. I would definitely be in Slytherin. Perfect. I love that. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Brown. Brown. You have a specific shade of brown? Yeah, I like UPS brown. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good color. That's good. I really like it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan. I have uh, brown dickies that I like to wear all the time. And uh, mm-hmm. one time I made the mistake of wearing a brown dicky shirt and a brown dicky and brown dicky shorts at the same time. Oh. And, uh, and my bandmates kept asking me why, why their package was late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I never, never made that mistake again. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as Gloria said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, just go to bowlingforsoup.com. Uh, you can find me everywhere. J-A-R-E-T-2113. Or you can go to jarrettreddick.com and see all of my podcasts, all of the bands I'm in, all the voice work I do. Um, and uh, I'm on TikTok at Jarrett Reddick. Nice. All right. Cool. Oh, well, thank you for now. This has been Jarrett from Bowling for Soup, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast.